Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following content is not suitable for children. Lori, let's talk about something sexy. Fair play in relationships. Oh, okay. Okay, fair play. I'm curious. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. What do you mean by Fair Play, man? Fair Play is a book by Eve Rotsky. And I think what's really fascinating about it is it, it tries to get couples to have conversations, to evaluate these deals, that these systems that they develop in their relationship without ever really talking about it. Mm. Right. So her whole point is saying everybody's time is equal. It's the same. My mm. hour is the same as your hour. But in terms of up, value, what I contribute my hour value. is same as your hour. Exactly. We both are equal with our time. And yet what happens in a lot of relationships is we assign certain more value to certain people's hours than other people's hours. Mm-hmm. And it, it starts to create a lot of imbalances. So she has this system. She has a game. There's a lot of things people can check out. But, and I didn't get through all of it, to be honest. <laughs> There's the, the withdrawer in me. But, but the gist it of it is... It was too convicting, right? It was... Uh, I don't, the gist of it is, and I'm, I'm applying this in my own marriage, that my primary responsibility is to provide. Mm-hmm. My wife makes a lot of accommodations to make sure I, I have to take a business call. I have to go on a business trip. I have to like and when all those things happen. That means most other things got to fall into her category. She becomes the safety net. Mm-hmm. Right. So take for dinner, for example. Well, you know, when I'm done with working for the day, I come home. I want dinner. That's great. I say thank you for the dinner. I often don't appreciate how much 
work gets to put into that. Like she has to think about the dinner. She has to come up with a, with a menu or a recipe. She has to shop for the dinner. She has to, you know, prepare the dinner. She has to cook the dinner. There's just a ton of work that goes into it, you know? And at the end of the day, if I'm in, you know, I'm feeling energetic, I want to help out. I'll go do dishes. But if I decide I'm exhausted, I just, I, I can't, the dishes still always fall to her. Mm. Like if I could pick up the kids, great. But someone, she always has that on her radar screen. Like that, all these chores ultimately fall to her. They become her responsibility. Like I wonder if Kathy's listening to this episode. Hi, Kathy. Hey. (laughs) Say, hey, baby. (laughs) Hey, baby. I'm doing this for you. Dedicated (laughs) to you, Kathy. So, you know, I was kind of shocked reading the book at, and I think I do a lot more than my father ever did. So I can feel pretty <laughs> proud of Yeah, And I think we're all doing more and like we're becoming more and more working. But at the end of the day, if I would break down how many things fall into my category that I'm responsible for, which means it's my job to take care of it primary and how many fall into her category, mm-hmm. there's a lot more in her category. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what you start to see in a, in a lot of relationships even though we never really discussed it and we, we, you know, when you start to create these imbalances, it creates resentment. Mm -hmm. It creates this sense of that your needs are more important than my needs that Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, less than that. And that, and that's gotta be hard. Mm -hmm. I'm taking advantage of, I mean, there's a beauty that so many people that are willing to take on more is they're willing to sacrifice their own needs for others. Mm -hmm. But when that's not named or celebrated or affirmed and it just becomes appreciated, it becomes just the system in which they operate. It's a setup for the person on the other end to start feeling taken advantage of Mm -hmm. resentful. And then if they express that they're being negative and it starts to create all this momentum. Right. So, I see this conflict of fair play in the caregiving cycle. Mm-hmm. Like this is a problem that there's a need and I need help. I think the caregiving cycle is really important. We don't talk about this in EFT as, we, as you and I know. The caregiving cycle is really where a lot of attachment wounding happens. So it's not just an affair. That would probably be the sexual cycle. But the caregiving cycle is I have deep, immediate need for you, and you're not coming for me. You don't even know I have that need. And on a lesser level, but a chronic level, is this fight, I think, between fair play. You know, one person drowning in more responsibility and taking care of the home and the children, and the other one assuming less responsibility. And I just talked to somebody this week about it, and they both work full-time, and, but she manages the children. She manages the children's appointments. She manages the children's camps. Do you, how much do you do for Christmas, George? Like, do you manage the Christmas machine or does your wife do the whole Christmas machine? She manages the machine. Yeah. And it's so it buys machine. the presents and probably buys the, the presents house, for your family. Christmas cards. Christmas I mean, it's cards, an amazing amount of baking, stuff. cooking. Yeah, all of that, right? It's a, it's a huge, I mean, December is a huge month. Thank for, you, cards. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I'm feeling tired just thinking about it. <laughs> and you do none of it. <laughs> I get some presents. <laughs> for the ones you want to get. A couple of Christmas for. carols. The, the, <laughs> I like to watch you go to the, the Snowman. You, know. you watch football. <laughs> yeah. 
So, I mean, there is, I think, sometimes invisible things that happen that one person may be managing Mm -hmm. and the other person just is assumptive. This is going to this is going to fall to you. They, they don't even know how much. And, and this woman said, you know what? I just feel so alone in it. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, what do you want? And she said, I want to be seen. Mm-hmm. You know, she really didn't even say, I want it to be fair and square and equal. I was like, yeah. I want to be seen in my aloneness. I want, I want it to be, I want him to get it. What I'm doing, how much I'm doing. And, and I think this is the thing where you go into bed at night and the, the woman often is the one who is doing more of the childcare and the pickup and all that. And she looks at the bonus room and it's a mess, you know, with all the toys. And he's like, I'm going to go to bed. And she's like, How, don't you see what I see? You know, it's like, I, who elected me directress of our family? If we don't pick this up, then it's going to be a train wreck tomorrow. It's going to be worse. It's going to become unmanageable. And, and I, I think this sense of being seen and knowing what the tasks are, I right. mean, this is just, it's such an argument that happens over and over again in couples. And I, and I say resentment is like the monster under the bed. It kills a sex life. Well, and why I had a reaction probably reading this book is I'm trying to keep my focus on the people who are overworking in their relationship for good reasons and sacrificing themselves, which is beautiful, mm-hmm. right? And they are set up for resentment and then blamed for it. And we need to talk about how we could help them. Mm-hmm. But then there's this other part of me on the other side that says, no one's asking you to do all that damn stuff, you know, slow down. It doesn't matter if some of this stuff gets done, like live, stay in a moment, live life a little bit, you know, like, you know, and. But why don't you say that to the partner who's overworking? Like who asked you, you know, if we have enough money, who asked you to keep on doing that? keep on working and exactly being a perfectionist about your work, you know, never letting it go, carrying it with you. It's like, who asked you to do that for us? Right. And I, and there's something to be said about that, which, but it's not so helpful when the person who's overworking, I mean, the person who's not is more comfortable asking for their needs. So that partner who says, all right, I'm going to bed, they're tired. So they're going to bed. Like it's easier for them to express their needs. What's so sad for the person who's overworking, it gets harder and harder to know what they need or to ask for it, right? Which just sets up more of this resentment, which is really pretty tragic. But I want to come back, Lori, oh, and really got a talk, lot to talk about. We yes, got a lot yes, to talk yes, about. And talk more back. importantly, like what oh, can yeah. we do here to okay. kind of start shifting this balance? Oh, okay. You're on, man. Okay, May 20th is our couple's retreat. So great sex, great love. You can find it on our website on foreplayradiosextherapy.com. And we just invite you as a couple to come and join us on May 20th. It's Friday. It's all day. We talk all about sex. We talk about everything. And we do it in a way that's safe and not embarrassing. But if you come, you will have conversations you've never had before. Yes. So May 20th, again, great sex, great love. Please join us. Come on. Uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. Y'all, this is a great product, something that I've been recommending for at least 20 years. Uberlube has three types of silicone. They are friendly to the body. They don't trap bacteria. They also have vitamin E, which enriches your body's tissue. It's actually healthy. It resolves dryness. It's a good product. I would love for you to check this out. 
And I know people wait till intercourse to use Uberlube. I don't get that. I, I don't get why they would wait. Why not use it right in the beginning so that all the touch feels slippery and fun? And men, this is your friend, this Uber Lube, right? It's not a sign that you're failing and your partner's not turned on. This is like, use it for a massage. Use it to rub your toes, put it on. I mean, there's so many things that you can do that just make it. It's I want a whole bath, Lori, of Uber Lube that I can be in with my partner. We highly recommend it for a great sexual experience. That's uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. So, Yes, the person who is not seeing it, I guess, or who isn't overworking can take care of their needs. But doesn't that set up them as the withdrawer in the caregiving cycle? Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't see it. And so that forces the person who's doing more to say, hey, I need some help here. I, need some, I mean, there's a withdrawal that happens. And, and they do set up their partner for, to be critical or to be angry or to mm-hmm. feel missed and unappreciated i mean this is push and pull for sure yep i can't tell you how many people i work with where the person in the overworked position starts to see their other partner as just another kid right it's just someone else i have to take care of like their needs now they need sex they need to go on a vacation they need to do both they need it's always about what they need Mm -hmm. like and there's what about me right well Mm -hmm. who's helping me with all these tasks and all these chores that are grinding away yet if somebody doesn't do it people get disappointed in me so i gotta keep this thing going i gotta keep all these balls in the air and instead of people appreciating that they're actually telling me i shouldn't be doing it they're telling me i'm too controlling i'm too much i'm too negative and it's like and if i don't do it i'm the safety net everything collapses like it it can feel like crazy land for a lot of people who are working so hard and that's why we are trying to figure out how to at least name this to say that part of you that wants to protest that feels this is unfair like that really needs to be said there's something healthy about listening to your body mm-hmm. and saying this system's no longer working for me what i was willing to do with the kids and you know to get us through and like it's no longer working i need i need a we need to redistribute we need to have a conversation where i feel less taken advantage of and more appreciated mm-hmm. yes I like one that. of the yes. things, <laughs> yes, one of the things I think of is what I tell young couples is hire everything out that can be hired out. Like mm-hmm. if you can afford it, taking care of children is a full-time job, period. You don't, taking care of the children and the house and the Christmas machine and, you know, that, no, that's too much. I mean, taking care of children is like 24-7, you're exhausted half the time. You're getting up at night with the children. It's like, it's exhausting. Please get somebody to clean the damn house and mow the lawn and take the cars and run your errands. I mean, I had a housekeeper who changed my sheets. I mean, it was like, don't do everything. But, okay, that's that's a quick fix. I yeah. Don't know that well, I, I, I want to help because if you're the person who feels taken advantage of, you want to change the system. And to do that, you're going to have to speak up. But to speak up is, is going to rock the boat, mm-hmm. right? So you really want to try to have a conversation where you get your partner to buy in, to see the value. Because not only do you lose by overworking, but the other partner loses too because they wind up getting a burnt out, kind of tired, resentful, frustrated, negative partner all the time. Mm-hmm. The more balanced to the system is both people win, right? So that's what we're trying to get both partners to sign up for. Yeah. 
because I think the setup too is if you start to name this and the other person starts to, all right, I can see your point. I want to do more. And they make an effort to do more. Like the more you become aware of it, the more like frustrated this unfairly partner feels, the more ne- negative they become, the more the other person's like, why am I even trying then? And, you know, couples can get discouraged in that. That's just pursue withdraw then. No matter what I do, it's not enough for you. So why should I do anything? That's the withdrawers point. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you tell me you're overwhelmed and I put the kids in certain clothes and you didn't like the clothes I put them in. You know, so why why try? You don't like the way I do it or I don't do enough anyway. You know, I'm going to give up. What I think was brilliant about this book is it, it assigns like categories and who takes ownership for that category. So it's not enough for you to help out. You got the kids on Monday and Tuesday and they're yours. And like, it doesn't fall to me. Like that's really helping out by taking it off my plate. If ultimately you're just, it's still on my plate. You're just going to give me what little help you can. That's not really helping me out too much. Mm-hmm. Right. So for the, for those withdrawers, listen, the people that are, are working a little bit less, like how do you take ownership of the things that you're going to take? Mm-hmm. Like it's if you think about responsibility, the, it's not being, assigned a list and a task. It's like, this is my area now. This is my area now. I'm going to take this off your plate. I'm not just going to take the car to the shop to get it fixed. Like if I'm going to take cars, I got to take the insurance. I got to take, you know, the DMV. I got to, there's a lot of things that are in that list. Smog checked. Yeah. So, and I think these are the things that a lot of times we just don't have, we just assume the person who's competent and is good at doing these things is just always going to do these things. You know, so with my wife, she's excellent at stuff. So it's like, you know, if she if, is, she is, if something is. pops up, I'm like, cat, can you take care of that cat? Can you take care of that cat? Well, you know what? Is that fair if I'm dumping everything for her to take care of? And like, so I think it's, it's the more that we can have these conversations, the, the less set up she is to be resentful, mm-hmm. you know, the, the more engaged we're both going to be. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, when I had a conversation with your wife, all she could say is, George works so hard. I'm like, man, so do you, girl. Look at this house. It's like beautiful, and your children are good, and you're doing all this stuff. She had every stitch of laundry done. I I thought she was going to strip you guys at the table just so she could get that laundry done, too. I mean, it's like amazing. That's the value that it's the same hours. Right. Mm-hmm. How do we give the same value in a society that really does value performance and money and, and mm-hmm. kind of gives more priority to that than other things? Mm-hmm. And I think each couple, I would just invite that start having a more intentional conversation that says, mm-hmm. you know, what do we prioritize? What do we value? And how do we become more conscious of each other's roles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say as a young woman, one of the things that got in my way was also gender expectations. I just thought women needed to do all the cooking and the shopping and the cleaning and decorate the house and never really occurred to me. I I don't think the early years I felt resentful at all. I Mm -hmm. think once I had children, I started drowning. And then it was like, I really, there was just so much to do with kids. And there was so many worries and concerns like, get them to the doctors, get their homework done. I mean, it just, you know, it was a three-ring circus, and that was tough. 
Yeah, this is what James Hawkins was talking about these scripts, right? We all get these mm-hmm. scripts that we don't challenge that just, we make these assumptions that this is what we're supposed to do. I'm supposed to take out the garbage. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed like, we don't even challenge some of these scripts, mm-hmm. right? And, but then it creates these systems that operate in couples that they don't even realize that are setting them up for an imbalance and for this resentment and frustration. So if you're feeling frustrated, you know, my message to you is listen to that frustration. Mm-hmm. There's resentment for a reason. There's something. It doesn't mean you might not be accurate, and you know. But it's there's something going on that that's worthy of exploring. It's worthy of talking about with your partner. Right. Absolutely. So. And yeah. it's not chance, Lori. Just to jump in, because what your client <laughs> said is so important, right? It, the opposite of resentment is to be seen, to be valued. Be like to, to be appreciated. I know what you're doing for us. And I, it's, it means so much. And like, if you can't do it, let me know. I got this. Like that, that, that means a lot. Mm-hmm. But if you can't say anything, or if every time you say anything, it sounds critical and the person disengages, it just means you got it. Right, right. So one of the things, just as a quick tip for people, what I tell them is during this negotiation, if you say, I will do this, that's a promise. That's mm. in stone. You don't get to forget. You don't get to just let it drop. It's like if you say, I will do that, that's yours, that's yours until you renegotiate it. Right. And if you forget and drop the ball, then your partner has a real right to be really angry with you because it's like you made a promise to them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I will means it's mine. And I mean, we have to have enough flexibility for a renegotiation, right? I will be home for dinner at 5.30 every night. Oh, come on. I will be home for dinner at 6.45 every night. We live in the real world. You know, and then you're late because of traffic. I mean, the renegotiation is like, look, there was an accident on the 501 and I am stuck in traffic. I know I promised you I'd be home. Tomorrow, I will leave another hour earlier to make up to you mm-hmm. what you have lost from me tonight. It's like I'm aware of the cost yep. that you pay for this universe incident that just happened. And yep. I'm going to make it up to you because I made a promise that I'll get home by that time. So I'm going to repeat that because it's so important, right? This follow through is critical to change. And for the person who, who is underworked, they often are going to have a problem with follow through. Mm-hmm. Because they don't have the muscle memory, mm-hmm. right? So things fall off their radar. But they mm-hmm. got to start. There has to be some consequences for whenever it falls off your radar, because it's not so important to your brain. Mm-hmm. It gets dumped on the on your partner. Yep. Right. It's a burden that they have to carry because it fell off of your radar. Like that's yep. really not okay. Sure, sometimes things happen, but when that becomes the everyday routine, right? That that that's not what's best in a relationship. So mm-hmm. that that. For there to be consequences, and I don't mean punitive, I just mean, like, do you recognize the impact of something falling off your radar? Mm-hmm. If your partner says, hey, can you pick up the kids, and you don't because you normally don't pick up the kids and you just forgot, like, your partner has to stress and then last minute kind of do damage control and find somebody to do it and does all this extra mm-hmm. work. Like, that means it never left their radar mm-hmm. when it fell off. When it, fell off your radar. Mm-hmm. So I love this, this follow through this, like really trying to get people to kind of become more conscious with their follow through. Like, 
what's stopping you from following through from your words translating more into actions because mm-hmm. this is like the worst thing for somebody who's overworking is to hear the words yes but never get the follow through never get the Ooh. actions which means it never leaves their radar yeah it means that your word is no good you know i mm. can't trust you and so it's like no yeah that would be awful and you know <laughs> Did I just stop you? Did no, I just no, shut you, just, down? you know me. I always like to see the other side. Too. Okay, that's, the that's flip my side. You're the flip thing. side. Okay. I'm the flipper. Okay, you know, on, we could do us. a whole nother show with people who don't follow through and the good reasons why and all that other stuff. This isn't about beating them up, but it's this is an opportunity. I'm trying to empower them to say it's too easy to fall off your radar because you've had that privilege, right? You haven't had to, you know, the other person has paid the burden and this is just the right thing to do to love your partner better to say, I want to help liberate some of that from you. I need to get better at keeping it on my radar because when I take ownership and I make it mine, it's no longer on your radar. I want to give you that gift. I don't want to just help out sporadically whenever I feel like it. I want to take ownership of these things. I, I, I'm sorry, but it makes me crazy when people say, especially in this argument, they come in the next week and the next week and the next week. Yeah, I promised I'd get home by six. But, you know, there were three meetings. and I'm like, you're the damn boss. Right. What do you mean there were three meetings? Do you have a phone? I mean, can you not put that appointment in your phone? It's like we all have phones that have alarms that, that tell us, I mean, make the phone work for you. It's like there is, to me, there is just no excuse. And we are a sex show, so I will say I get the rage, right? I don't want to have sex right now, but man, come Saturday, baby, we're having sex. And then if, if that person forgets that they made a promise on Saturday to have sex with you and you got to bring it up again, I mean, there's equal rage there too. So yeah. I mean, this, the sexual attachment cycle can get dysregulated. The caregiving cycle can yeah. get dysregulated. There's a pursue withdrawal in both of them. And it's like, if you're tired of being nagged, it's like, I think, you know, maybe look at how you might be withdrawing and not taking yeah. it. And if you're the nagger, you know, first of all, have you leveled and had the conversation? I don't want to do this. Have you also been creative? I, I've talked to a lot of women who say, you know, I, I can't do it all. I'm like, well, do you have a housekeeper? They're like, mm-hmm. he'd be really mad if I spent the money. I'm like, okay, you cannot have it both ways. Mm-hmm. Just spend the money because it's like, you know, if you're going to be so resentful and so burnt out and, you know, you don't have time to exercise, it's like, forget it. Something's got to give. And how does this not get carried into the bedroom? How if would you're it resentful not? resentful and you're overworked and your partner's laying in bed waiting for you, mm-hmm. how does it not become just something, another chore I have to do? Well, after mm-hmm. I clean up the dishes and I have to do this and make the phone calls Throw and the do laundry this, in. And my partner's sitting there waiting check, for check me. Check the homework. Right, you know, that this becomes yet something else that we become resentful over when we're just overworked. So if you're listening and some of this resonates, I mean, it has to, some of it. Did, did like, you not hear, wait, wait, are you hearing that? Like the cheers from everybody <laughs> in the background? <laughs> we're we're going to get so much feedback on this. It's oh, like, yes, we're you guys a lot finally. Of yeses, and we're going to hear a lot of, what the hell did you do? Why did you open up that can of worms? Yeah, you know exactly. what you're going to cause. And, and my exactly. only thing to that is, this is what love does, right? We gain more in giving of ourselves. And when that's appreciated and there's more balance, I mean, we fly in a relationship. So get excited about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pick up the damn toys. Thanks for listening. Keep it hot and fair. Lori, really excited about the Success and Votability Project. 
We are really pushing the leading edges of therapy and breaking down the process and in moments, session by session, choice points. Why does this work? What intervention are you using? If it works, what do you do next? I mean, this is the next level for therapists. If you want to up your game, you want to see real clinical examples, you want to break down the process, you want demonstrations, you want teaching. I mean, it's all there. Really exciting, good stuff. It is. I love it. I listen to the new modules repeatedly. It's great information. I'm learning, you know, still in the process and it is good. I love what you guys do teaching and the demonstrations. They're fun. They're funny and they're really helpful to my work. So this is training for therapists. If you'd like this training, go to successinvulnerability.com. It's all one word, successinvulnerability.com. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.